It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions. After the podcast, check out everything ChristianQuestions.com has to offer. Also see our weekly video series releases at ChristianQuestions.com slash YouTube. Here's your hosts, Rick and Jonathan. Mahatma Gandhi once said, in a gentle way, you can shake the world. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. Joining me as always is Jonathan, my co-host for more than two decades. This podcast centers on godly principles, family values, and honest dialogue in a politically free zone. So Jonathan, what is our topic for today's episode? Well, Rick, this is part one of a two-part series, and our question, how can I persevere when life gets tough? Our theme text is found in Luke 21, verse 19. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Okay, simple scripture, important subject. How can I persevere when life gets tough? Julie is joining us again today for this important two-part series. Hello, Julie. Hi, Rick and Jonathan, and what a great subject with everything that's happening out there. Yes, it is. So, coming up in today's podcast, what does perseverance even look like? The Bible actually describes Jesus' own perseverance in detail way back in the Old Testament. Hear about the surprising description in about 15 minutes. So what makes someone want to persevere instead of just giving up? Are there secrets here? Actually, yes, and we'll uncover some of them in about 30 minutes. There's one key needed for Christian perseverance to not only function but to thrive— Find out what that key is in about 45 minutes, but first, let's figure out what it all means, what we're missing, and introduce you to a 14-year-old young man as an example of perseverance through some pretty tough experiences. Perseverance is not something we talk about much anymore. It sounds like an old word from some other time in history. Now we talk about making demands, about our personal perspectives being instantly and unquestioningly accepted by those around us. We now live in a society where it is not about hard work or building something from the ground up. It's about claiming whatever anyone else has as mine simply because I have a voice. And you know, it's too bad. In history, the greatest positive changes in all the world happened largely because of perseverance. Gandhi persevered. Martin Luther King Jr. persevered. Allied soldiers in the world wars persevered. Jesus not only personally persevered, he taught us how to do it ourselves. So let's take a look at this subject of perseverance. Though endurance and perseverance are two different words in English, they're very much like twins. So let's read them from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Endurance permanence, duration, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. Perseverance, continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. Okay, so, you know, we've got endurance and perseverance, and they're very similar. And, you know, so so what, what are the differences? Well, When you think about endurance, let's talk about that first. Think about an ancient building that has endured over time. It's been able to stand, withstand weather and so forth. That's that's kind of what endurance is. Perseverance, though, has the thought of moving forward through something, not just standing and taking it, but actually progressing as you deal with 
whatever the onslaught is. So we want to focus on that moving forward, that progressing in spite of the onslaught as we go through this. And I like how the word persevere when used as a verb means to maintain a purpose in spite of difficulty, obstacles, or discouragement. And of course, that means you have to start with a strong purpose that's worth maintaining. And we're really going to begin to unfold that. that. Through, through this two-part series, we're going to bring you actually three stories of three different people and their difficult and yet very uh, hard experiences. Each story will give us a look into the necessity of living a life with perseverance. So we want to introduce you to that first story, our first real-life character right now. Julie, tell us a little bit about Jonathan. Well, this is our 14-year-old friend, Jonathan, and that's not to be confused with our Jonathan right here. Yeah, he's older Um, than 14. A little bit. Um, So Jonathan's one of the original CQ kids, meaning he's been listening with his parents since he was small. And astute listeners will remember years ago, we talked about how he made a little Rick and a little Jonathan radio station out of Legos and took some, we took some great pictures and put that in rewind. Now, what kid does that? Um, So Jonathan is going through a very difficult experience. So here we're going to let him tell you what's happening. Okay, here's Jonathan. I have scoliosis, which is like a uh, curvature of the spine. So my spine is in an S shape right now. It doesn't really do much until it gets to a certain degree. I think when it gets like really bad, it can start interfering with your breathing and all sorts of things. I'm not quite at that point yet, but we're trying to prevent it. Each day after school, after I do homework, I have to do exercises for my back in the afternoon for like a couple hours. So scoliosis is an abnormal curvature of the spine and it affects about six to nine million people in the United States. Its common age for onset is 10 to 15 years old. And the frustrating part is 80% of the time there's no known cause. If left untreated, it can worsen and cause the spine to rotate. And that leads to decreased lung capacity and heart problems and can cause severe pain if that vertebrae starts pressing on spinal nerves. So Jonathan and his parents are going through a really difficult time right now. Okay, so picture the idea of having to deal with something that difficult at 14, okay? That's why we asked Jonathan to share his story with us because it really truly is a story of perseverance. Perseverance is crucial for the life of a Christian. Romans 5, 1 to 2 tells us that justification, and justification is being made right before God, justification brings us peace with God, and his peace brings us grace. These facts, peace with God, grace with God, these facts give us the standing for what's next, and that's in Romans 5, verses 3 to 5, and this is where perseverance comes into play. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which was given to us. Okay, so perseverance is brought into the picture in Romans chapter 5, and it uses the word in the New American Standard Version, it uses the word perseverance. Tribulation brings perseverance, and perseverance brings proven character. We heard dictionary definitions of what it is. Jonathan, what does perseverance mean from this scriptural word from the Greek? Well, Rick, it means cheerful or hopeful endurance, constancy. So, Rick, it's like staying the course with a positive 
attitude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stay in the course with a positive attitude. And Jonathan, let's look at the Greek-English lexicon as well, because in the lexicon, it, it gives you a sense of what the word feels like, not just the meaning, like you just said. And there's a great... Uh, one of the great, uh, one of the definition, primary definitions, really, really opens it up. Do that for us, please. In the New Testament, the characteristic of a man who has not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. So, Jonathan, just like you said, staying the course—that's very, very clear. So now, this word for perseverance comes from another Greek word. Uh, number 5278, slightly different, but very much the same. They're different forms of the same word. And that means to stay under, undergo, that is, bear trials, have fortitude, persevere. Okay, so the idea of perseverance is to be able to hang on and move forward through very difficult circumstances. That's the theme that we want to walk through with today's podcast. With that, let's go back to Jonathan. Uh, We asked him, does it hurt? And do you have any limitations? So let's hear his responses to the scoliosis that he is battling with at 14 years old. Right now, no, it it doesn't usually hurt. Just on my chest, there's like the left part of my chest is kind of jutting out a bit. And then Mm. the right part of my back is kind of jutting out a bit as well. Other than that, there's really no, like, I don't really feel it. They did give me a brace, so I have to wear that. It's just this like plastic thing that I have to put around me. And I wear that for most of the day. And sometimes that causes a little bit of pain. We're not limited too much. Like the actual scoliosis itself, I don't think it really limits me that much. The brace limits me because I can't really bend over that much, so it's hard to tie my shoes and stuff. The actual scoliosis itself, I don't, I can't really think of anything that it really limits me in doing. So Jonathan's specific condition is not just one curvature in his spine, but two. So his spine is in an S shape. So we have to remember, this is also the age where kids are very sensitive about how they look, and it's a, it's a serious surgery that, that's going to be happening soon. So this is tough. This is difficult, and you're, you're an adolescent, and you're going through all of these things, and you've got this on top of everything else. So focus on that as a really extraordinary example of what we want to look at as moving forward through something that's really difficult. Perseverance is really, really deep. So if it's so, if perseverance, like we're talking about, is such an important thing, why does Jesus say, and, and we're going to requote our theme scripture that Jonathan already mentioned, uh, Luke 21, 19. But before, Jonathan, before you requote it, let me give you the context. Jesus is telling his disciples about the ending of the favor to the Jewish nation. He's speaking of the coming destruction of Jerusalem and the intense persecutions his followers were face. So he's talking about a time of really serious trouble and difficulty, and here's what he says. And this is in the King James Version. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Now, that sounds almost benign. You're talking about the world around you crumbling, and it sounds like Jesus is saying, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Like, is he just saying, wait it out? No, he's not, because the word for patience, bingo, is the word for perseverance. Perseverance. Let's look at it from a different translation. And this comes from the expanded Bible. By continuing to have faith, your endurance or perseverance 
you shall save your lives or gain or win your souls. Big difference. Big difference. Uh So I thought this always meant that in your patience, possess your souls, that we're supposed to be patient, like when you're in traffic or you're waiting for someone. But knowing this actually means perseverance now makes more sense. So what Luke 21, 19 is saying, perseverance is our key to Christian faithfulness. If we can master perseverance, we can receive the reward God has promised us. That is how important perseverance is, not waiting around but progressing forward, even if it's inch by inch, even when things are really, really difficult. That's why we want a two-part series on perseverance. That's how important it is. So, Jonathan, at the end of each segment, we want to look at applying perseverance. What do we have thus far? Perseverance is not simply holding on through trying times. It is moving forward to a predetermined destination through trying times. Okay, so it's much bigger than just holding on. That's the point. I keep repeating it because we have to remember it as we move forward. So to persevere is to keep moving forward, even if it's an inch at a time. This is both encouraging and scary. Now that we know what perseverance is, we need to know what does it look like in action? You see, because perseverance is applied in every aspect of life, it'll look very different depending on what we're facing. We often reserve our mental pictures of perseverance for the dramatic. Soldiers overcoming overwhelming odds, or someone standing against evil for a lifetime, kind of like a Martin Luther King Jr. In reality, perseverance is often quiet and private as it brings us through difficulty. Let me repeat that. In reality, perseverance is often quiet and private as it brings us through difficulty, which means you can be applying perseverance and the people around you, the world around you may not even know. How is this possible? Let's look at it. Perseverance is only achieved by giving it permission to live in our heads and our hearts. You have to give it permission. You have to let it in because it is a life disturber. It disturbs the equilibrium of just kind of going with the flow. That's not what perseverance is. Perseverance is fighting the flow and progressing a different direction. Three things. First, we need clear intellectual perception, mental intellectual perception of the why for our need for perseverance. We have to see it. We have to be able to get our, wrap our minds around it and see why must I be persevering. Second, we must also have a heart that's fully committed to that why. You can't just see it, you have to feel it. Once you get the seeing of, 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 of the, the why and the feeling of the why, now the how comes into play. The how of perseverance will come once these two elements are both firmly in place. So see it, feel it, and then you know what to do. Okay, And again, we're speaking from a Christian perspective on how to manage these things in our lives. Let's go back to our young friend, Jonathan. One of the questions we asked him was, okay, you're going through the scoliosis battle. How has this affected your faith? I feel like it's helped me to remember that there's a reason for everything. Like God didn't just, this didn't happen by accident. Whatever God wants will happen. I trust him that, you know, if his will is for me to get better, but it's just, you know, it's kind of drawn me a bit closer, I guess, just to help me kind of think about that a bit. The way you're talking then, you've always had faith in God. 
Yeah, for most of my life, yeah, yeah. just because my parents are big on that and they kept trying to teach me. So, yeah, I had faith in God. And then when this happened, it just kind of pushed me a little bit towards that. So what's interesting is he said this difficult experience has pushed him towards God. What makes it that so many people rebel and run away from God? They're angry with God or they say he doesn't exist because of this suffering. And Rick, this this made me think of those in the Holocaust Hmm. and the evil they went through. How do you persevere through that? Well, Viktor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor, in his book, Man Searching for Meeting, says, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. Man, that's good. That's profound. And, And look, that's why we talked about having an intellectual perception of your why and a heart embracing of it because then you can bear whatever it is that you have to go through, and the idea of perseverance is going through something. So we're going to suggest that there are three basic kinds of experience uh, that stimulate the building up of perseverance in our characters. The first is trials and afflictions, okay? That's something that we can all relate to, and these experiences require personal and practical perseverance. We're going to discuss that in great detail today. The second kind of experience that builds perseverance is persecution. Again, we're talking from a Christian perspective. These experiences require a very principled perseverance. The third type of experience is something that's probably a lot more quiet in your life, and that's the testing of our loyalty to God through Christ. These experiences require a passionate perseverance. So we're going to be unfolding all of this throughout this two-part series. There's a lot to talk about because you get what perseverance is, and you apply it, and your Christianity can grow. So let's go back to Jonathan uh, again and just listen to a little bit more of his story. And again, we asked him how the physical evidence of this experience makes him feel. Because remember, he said, you know, part of his chest is jutting out and part of his back is sticking out. And he said it so matter-of-factly. But let's hear how he manages that. You know, my body is a little bit contorted because of this. How does that make you feel? It feels a little weird. I try not to think about it too much because I just tend to do what they tell me, like do all this stuff. And then I hope that it's going to get better. Yeah, sometimes I just go and I feel it and I'm like, you know, well, you know, it's getting a little bit more pronounced or it's getting a little better and just kind of back and forth. So, yeah, it does feel weird. Feel weird. I mean, think about being 14 and having these things going on, <laughs> I got to hand it to him. He's, he's very matter of fact about something that is, is very big and very, very difficult to deal with. So we're looking at perseverance unfolding in a very young man who's faced with a very big trial and affliction, not of any doing of his own. It just came to him and now he's got to deal with it. So let's talk about trials and afflictions. Again, again these require a personal and practical perseverance. Perhaps we can look at this next scripture from James 1, 2-4, and this kind of perseverance, dealing with trials and afflictions, as themes for Jonathan's experience. So we're going to look at Jonathan's experience through the eyes of James 1, 2-4, and through the eyes of, okay, trials and afflictions, what can we learn from his experience to help us with ours? So Jonathan, let's go to James 1, 2-4, and again, think about this as a theme for Jonathan. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Okay, interestingly, in that verse where it says if your faith produces endurance, guess what that word is? Perseverance. Yeah, that's right. It's the same word. Okay, so just remember that our trials and our difficulties and our traumas beg for perseverance. It's in these experiences that we must, as Christians, realize the reality of our faith with a long-term, perseverance-based approach. I'll never forget when you had our friend Vicki as a guest uh, for the Fruit of the Spirit programs. They were called What is the Fruit of Your Life, episodes 814 and 820. And while going through aggressive breast cancer, she would focus on this James 1, 2-4 text. And on the program, uh, you read this James scripture from the New Revised Standard Version, which says, Whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance, and so on. So it's a different perspective, this consider it nothing but joy. It's as if actively summoning joy is the overarching umbrella, and everything falls in line under it. And that reminds me of what the Apostle Paul said in Hebrews 12, too. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame. That's perseverance. Right. You know, so the idea is to reframe it. And this is all about the perception, the intellectual perception of the why and the heart acceptance of the why. We have to know how that works. And we're going to get into that in much more detail in the next segment. How does that work? What is the why for a Christian? So those are good, good perspectives on looking at perseverance and the depth that we need to to, to lay hold of it in our trials and afflictions, as we're looking at right here. Let's go back to Jonathan, and we asked him about his exercise routine, because in, again, in the first soundbite that we heard from him, he just very casually said, yeah, I got to do exercises kind of like for a couple hours a day. And, you know, just like, wait, wait, you for what? Where? What? So we wanted to find out more about that. Is it like an hour or two every day, really? Yeah, just kind of in the evening. I, I usually go downstairs at like 7.30 or 8, and then I'm usually finished by like 9, maybe a little bit later, usually like 9.15 or, you know, maybe a couple minutes after. It takes a while because there's several different things that I have to do. Is that every single day that you have to do? Yes, yes. Seven days a week? Yeah, yeah. And this is all trying to prevent prevent it from getting worse, but it's not going to heal it. We're just trying to stave Um, it off. We're trying to kind of prevent it from getting worse. Hopefully it'll kind of start to fix it. The doctors always said that some cases are different, right? Some are more aggressive curves than others. They said that for some curves, no matter what you do, it could still possibly get worse. We're planning that if we do need to have surgery, then we'll probably do it hopefully when summer starts so that I don't have to skip any school. And remember, to persevere means to maintain a purpose in spite of the difficulty. And this reminded me of Psalm 27, 13 to 14, where it says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. And, you know, though we wait on the Lord's providence to move forward, that doesn't mean we're sitting there doing nothing but waiting for an answer to fall on our heads. We can't underestimate that there's still activity 
in our spiritual waiting. See, and that's a really important point. When it says, wait, I say on the Lord, too easy to say, okay, I'll just sit really still. We have to live our Christian life to our fullest ability while we don't know the answer yet. We can't stop and wait. We have to continue to apply ourselves to that life of sacrifice. So waiting is applying, and then God will show you what to do next. So it's important, and you need to persevere to do this. So when we look at Jesus as our model of perseverance, we see him prophetically, and we're going to go to Isaiah for this, prophetically described as putting on his perseverance game face. Wait, what does that mean? Explain to our listeners what that means to have a game face if they haven't heard that before. Well, a game face, when, when you're getting ready to compete and you put everything else out of your mind and you're ready for the competition and you become stern and firm and focused and disciplined and you're just ready to go do what you have to do. That's the game face. And my family, uh, they can tell me when uh, I'm in my work mode. That's kind of the words that I use uh, because I have that game face on. What I mean by that is I'm focused on the task at hand. I can't have distractions or interruptions. And sometimes that makes my voice sound harsh when I, I'm <laughs> focused and then someone asks me something. <laughs> but it's not really being harsh. It's just that I'm focused. You're in work mode. That's right. You got it. Okay. Hey, Jonathan, remember when you and I used to play volleyball, we'd have the game face thing going oh, on. Oh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yes, it was. But it was serious stuff. You know, you, you're oh, oh, focused. Yeah. Isaiah actually talks about Jesus' game face. And you say, wait, what? what? This, is, this is really amazing. And it's sobering how deep this is. Isaiah chapter 50, verses 5 through 9. We're going to take it in a few pieces. So Jonathan, let's do Isaiah 50, uh, verse 5 and 6 to start. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me, and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. So part of this is Jesus put himself out there to be humiliated, persecuted, and tormented, and tortured. That's really what he's saying. Once we observe Jesus' example of hearing and following God's instruction by doing what this verse is explaining, we have to set our determination to do the same to the best of our own ability. Now we go to verse 7 of Isaiah chapter 50. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. I looked up that word uh, flint to try to understand this verse, and flint means resolute and unshakable. So when you have a face like a flint, it kind of looks like my work mode. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it is. It's that resolute, unshakable focus that I will persevere through whatever it is that is before me. That's what Jesus is being described as. I have set my face like a flint, like stone. It is immovable because the purpose is so big, I must move through. So, in whatever dishonor man can give, there is no disgrace for the God-honoring life. Therefore, we, like Jesus, need to set our direction to an unalterable course. And then verses 8 and 9 finish this description of Jesus and his game face. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let him draw near to me. 
Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who is he who condemns me? Behold, they will all wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them. So Jesus is saying whatever, or what's being said about Jesus, rather, is whatever is being thrown at him does not matter. It's going to wear out because his setting his face like a flint will power through whatever the experiences are. So he faced lying and falsehood and, and, and misrepresentation all the way through, especially at, his, at, at, at the night before his crucifixion. And here's the bottom line. All falsehood, no matter how powerful and how apparently condemning it is, cannot stand against eternal truth and righteousness. Jesus' game face showed us that. We need to have that same perseverance in our experiences. We must all persevere. But Jonathan, here's the thing. We don't all do it the same way. No, we don't. Julie, we're not all athletes. We're not all wired the same way. Our unique experiences give us unique opportunities, and therefore there are many kinds of game faces for our perseverance. And, you know, it's interesting— there's the, the, the easiest one to, to identify with is the game face of an athlete. We've, we've kind of talked about that a little bit already. It's the face of discipline, focus, and training to compete and win. And we're going to use that picture, the focus of the, the game face of an athlete, to, to depict Jonathan's story. So before we get to a few of the other game faces, let's go back to Jonathan's story. And we asked him about, okay, you've got this exercise routine that you do every night. Really, every night, seven days a week, how do you cope with that? If you have to do this exercise thing every day, I mean, do you look forward like, oh, great, I get to exercise for two hours? Or is it, oh, no, not again? At first, of course, it was, oh, no, not again, because nobody wants to do like all this difficult exercises every day at the end of the day. But it's a little better because I'm downstairs in the living room doing these exercises. And sometimes I put in a little something to watch on the TV just to kind of distract myself. Or other times I play a video game while I'm doing it because like my hands aren't really being used it's more you know just something on my back and you know it's just a bunch of different stuff and most of the time I actually do listen to Christian questions <laughs> as I'm doing the exercises and that helps me look forward to it a little bit more finding ways to plow through it yeah yeah Rick, did you pay him to say that he listens to CQ during his exercises? I did no such thing, but I was thoroughly delighted to hear that. And Absolutely. Delighted to hear that you could be part of the setting up of the perseverance of another individual. That's a blessing. That is just an incredible, incredible blessing. So and what a way to take your mind off of it, you know, to have just a, some spiritual things coming into your ears while you're doing something difficult. It's got to make it a little better. Hey, what do you think his favorite episode is? Ah, that actually, we did ask him that question, and that's coming up a little bit later. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But Julie, we had talked about other game faces. We mentioned the game face of an athlete. What are some of the other game faces? Well, there's the game face of a soldier, and that's the face of one sworn to duty for a cause that he's willing to die for. Okay. What's next? There's also the game face of a farmer, and that's the face of patience, knowledge, hard work, and consistency. It's the face of steady discipline and compassion. So where do we get these game faces from? Well, the game face of an athlete, soldier, and farmer are found in 2 Timothy 2, verses 2 through 7 and verses 10 through 12. 
We will be getting into much more detail on these verses next week in part two. Uh, Also, back in 2015, we did an episode, uh, number 880, titled, How Do We Develop Endurance? And we dealt with many faces of endurance. You can find that at ChristianQuestions.com. Okay, so there's a scripture that all of these game faces actually came from. We're going to expand on that next week. So Jonathan, as we wrap this segment up and looking at Jonathan's story and the things that we've learned about perseverance, how can we sum it up, perseverance applied? Perseverance is extremely adaptable. It can drive us through every challenging experience that comes our way. It begins with understanding and embracing the why of our challenge. And it really comes back to that Viktor Frankl quote, embrace the why of our challenges. So, you know what? This is actually good news. Whatever may come before us can be coped with and overcome by seeing it God's way. The big picture is framed. Now the details. How do we persevere, work with trials and afflictions? Okay, how does it work with trials and afflictions? Well, we all have trials and afflictions, and they come in varying degrees and last for varying periods of time. The great truth of perseverance is that it has the same basis whether we experience a lifetime of affliction affliction or a short-term trial. Master this basis of perseverance, and now you possess a pathway to overcoming. So this is big. This is important. Figure out the basis. Now, let's look at trials and afflictions. The basis for our trials and afflictions, to to master perseverance in this, we have to know the why of personal and practical perseverance. You have to intellectually be able to grasp, why do I have to do this? Why must this come to me? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7, and then verses 10 through 11. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Okay, discipline from God. Uh, You know, and none of us likes to hear that. But the, the whole point of discipline is to turn you into a mature adult. It is not for the sake of making you feel bad. It is for the sake of helping you to grow and to mature. And when God is in charge of the discipline, it can only be for your best benefit. Verses 10 and 11. He disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet, to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. Afterwards. That's why perseverance is so important. You have to plow through and plow through and plow through, and then you can look back and say, look, peaceable fruits of righteousness. So why do we persevere? It's to share God's holiness. Think about that. Think about that offer in your life. Is that worth persevering through whatever it is that's in front of you to get to, to share God's holiness? Absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing. Let's go back to Jonathan and find out a little bit more. You know, I got to admit, in in, in talking to him, I got hung up on this, this routine thing of his, and how do you stay with it all the time. So this is the next question. How do you stay on task with this routine? Here's what he said. Do you ever think about, man, I wish I just didn't have to do this so I could go do that. 
Sometimes, yeah, it, it is a thought that comes through my head sometimes. When that happens, I mostly just, you know, kind of remind myself that this is supposed to help me. You know, I, I'm supposed to do this. But yeah, sometimes I do think, you know, why can't I just go and have this night to myself? Skipping one day won't hurt that much. Then I remind myself, well, you know, you got to do it. Jonathan, I got to hand it to you. You have an incredible discipline about you. That is really impressive to me to just hear you say that. No, I got to do it because that's the thing that's most important. And you know, he talked about the why. This is going to help me, so I have to do it. I don't feel like doing it. Well, do I want to help me? Yes. Okay, then I do it. It is putting the why in its perspective and putting the why in front of you, getting that intellectual understanding as a motivation to move yourself forward. You have to not only understand it intellectual, but emotionally. You have to feel the why of personal and practical perseverance. And we're dealing with trials and afflictions. Accept and embrace the why. Scripture for this, I love this scripture. I, you know what? I love all these scriptures. But for this moment, I love this scripture best, okay? And next moment, it's going to change. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Jonathan, let's just do 16 first. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. So even though it looks like you're losing, you're winning by persevering. That's what the scriptures say. Don't lose heart. Embrace the why with your heart. It's all good, even if it doesn't look that way. That's important. Verse 17. For a momentary light affliction is producing for us eternal weight of glory far beyond all comprehension. Okay, think about this. Think about this. This is now my next favorite, new favorite scripture right here, okay? <laughs> because think, think about this. For the momentary light affliction is producing an eternal weight of glory. That is a mathematical impossibility. You can't have a light affliction that produces an eternal weight of glory. The two don't match. They're not equal, it's impossible mathematically, but possible by God's grace. And that's where our perseverance comes into play. That's how we get our hearts wrapped around it. It's God's grace that carries us through mathematical impossibility. It is incredibly inspiring to see it this way. And then verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, perseverance is inspired by a long view and a big picture view of our experiences. J just a quick story. Uh, my son is in the Coast Guard, and 13 years ago, he was in boot camp. And they break you down in boot camp. And one of the things that they had to go through was this, this, this test, if you will, of squatting with, with your weapon and not moving. Okay, now you can do that. Imagine doing that for five minutes or 10 minutes and you start to get tired. You cannot move. 20 minutes, 30 minutes. They made him do it for 45 minutes. And I remember my son explaining to me what was happening, and I said, Tim, how did you do that? He said, well, first of all, your whole body goes numb. He said, you can't feel anything, and there's tears streaming down your face because everything hurts. You can't feel your limbs. I said, yeah, okay, well, how do you cope? And he just smiled, and I'll never forget this. This is one of those moments. He smiled, and he said, you embrace the pain. You say, this is mine. I am not letting this pain keep me from doing what I need to do. You embrace it. It becomes part of you. 
That's perseverance. That's what we need to understand about our Christian lives. We have to embrace whatever it is that God allows to come to us, saying, this is for me and for my eternal welfare. Let's get back to Jonathan. And, you know, we've talked about him and his, and his exercise routine and all that. Well, what about his parents? What about their, their, their difficulties and their supporting of him? Let's listen to what he said. They're very supportive and encouraging me to uh, do my exercises, and they keep on scheduling doctor's appointments and stuff. Uh, sometimes there's a doctor appointment every other week, or there's a couple a week. And so sometimes it feels like a lot, and then I have to remind myself, well, you know, they're trying to help me, you know, because they love me. They're just super uh, supportive. And I asked Jonathan's mom, Estera, how she and his dad, Jeff, are coping with this because dealing with a child with a serious medical condition is really a completely different story of perseverance and could be its own podcast. So here's what she wrote for us. She said, the pain of having a child diagnosed with a spinal issue is tremendous, and there's no question that acceptance needs time. The feeling of guilt I felt in the beginning cannot be expressed, especially when despite Jonathan's intensive program, we were told that surgery was unavoidable. For a day or two, I thought I would not be able to live with my guilt. Talking with others helped a lot, and having a great support system is a must, but nothing comes even close to the comfort that faith in God brings. Suddenly, Romans 8.28 ceased being just a beautiful promise. It became our strong reality, our stronghold that carries us through. And that text says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Arriving at that point of acceptance is such a blessing, and without faith, there would be such confusion, fear, anxiety, and even anger. We trust where we cannot see. We trust with what we were entrusted with our child. We trust knowing that our loving Heavenly Father knows exactly what we're going through and that He permits this experience, knowing that the results would be so much more to His glory. We already see Jonathan being transformed and showing great signs of maturity, being able to even comfort us. This is undeniably a direct result of what he's going through. Come what may, we know that our Heavenly Father is in control, and this brings the true peace of total acceptance. And in talking with Estera, this acceptance is definitely a process, and it's daily, if not sometimes there's an hourly recommitting to that acceptance. And there's a reason why the word is persevere. Severe is right in the title. Yeah. It isn't per super easy. Right. And that's something she's dealing with. Right. Per severe because of severity. That's kind of what you're looking at. And that's why perseverance is such a Christian term that we need to all take and apply. Beautiful, beautiful example of a family persevering, working together through the difficulties and the ups and downs, supporting one another. What a perfect picture that is of the body of Christ uh, and as how we should work together. So the results of our trials and afflictions, as long as we apply perseverance, you, we need to know where the why is going to lead us. So let's go to another scripture that shows us that. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Okay, 
What this is saying is you persevere, you receive the crown of life. You carry that developmental weight of experience until we complete it according to God's standard. Think about carrying a developmental weight of experience. Just a quick side story uh, for Christmas this year, my son-in-law, Don, uh, got a, a, a weighted vest. It weighs 40 pounds. I know it weighs 40 pounds because I carried it into the house, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 you think, wait, wait, who in their right mind is going to put on a 40-pound weighted vest on purpose, an athlete. <laughs> That's right. And the answer is somebody who understands that carrying that de de developmental weight is going to make them stronger. Yes. We must carry the developmental weight of experience to make us stronger because that's what the promise is. What about faith? We asked Jonathan, okay, you're going through this and you say you've got faith. What, what do you think this would look like if you didn't have faith? Here's his response. So it's like, okay, the past is already past, and the present is what I have to deal with, and I know what I have to do in the present so that I can have a future. I mean, that's, yes. that's what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. In your circumstances, okay, you're, you're a Christian, you have faith, and you really are trying to, to have that faith be a centerpiece of, of working through this. What would it be like if you didn't have faith? That's a really uh, good question. I didn't really think about that. I feel like it would be a lot more uh, scary because if I thought, oh no, I'm, I'm alone in all of this, like even with my parents and whatever, all the doctors and stuff, you know, I'm just trying this and I feel like I would be really uh, frightened. That would be horrible now that I think about it. Wow. I just love his response. You know, that question caught him off guard because he had, hadn't considered that before. And it reminded me that sometimes we take our faith for granted, especially when we're going through extremes. You know, when things are really bad, we tend to look down and it's hard to lift our head. And when things are going really good for us, we might be too busy looking around at all we have. And the Apostle Paul, I love this scripture in Philippians 4.12, where he said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. And this is, this is Jonathan, you know, he is just, he's going through and, and realizing that faith is a big part of this, that God's going to overrule for his, his best welfare and for his family's welfare. You see something bigger than yourself involved in your experience, and there's great peace in that. And when Jonathan was confronted with, what if I didn't have it? It's like, oh, that would be terrible. Because in that moment, he saw the reality, the stark clarity of faithlessness, and it's like, no, 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 that's not for me, okay? We need to keep the game face on. And again, we're using the, the picture of the athlete's game face here, and we know, so we're now we're gonna focus on applying perseverance. Now, how are we gonna do that? We're gonna look at the how. Personal and practical perseverance through trial and affliction, trial and affliction. it's attained by several things. How are we gonna do this? We're gonna look at it, an athletic scripture, a scripture that talks about an athlete and break it into pieces. And we're looking at 1 Corinthians 9. Julie, how does this unfold for us? Well, it's 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, but we're gonna start with verse 24. And there we acknowledge our experiences. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. And then we decide on self-discipline, verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Then they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. We then embrace the training and the practice we see in verse 26. 
Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. And finally, always keep the most important thing, the most important thing, as we see in verse 27. But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. The bottom line is this, guys. Uh, This is the picture of the Christian life. We need to acknowledge our experiences, deciding on our self-discipline, embrace training and practice, and always keep the most important thing the most important thing. If you're a Christian and you're not doing this, what are you doing? (laughs) And it all has to do with applying perseverance the ability, the decision, and the action of walking through, even if it's tiny steps, walking through an experience. You may not be able to overcome the thing, but you still walk through it. You persevere because that's what Jesus taught us to do. So Jonathan, perseverance applied for this segment. Perseverance applied to trials and afflictions is only effective for Christians when we are clearly tuned into our highest purpose our highest purpose. Not a good purpose, not the purpose that everybody kind of likes, but our highest Christian purpose. It's refreshing to see the power of perseverance over any troubles that afflict us. Stay focused and push through. When we apply perseverance to our trials and afflictions, what's really happening under the surface? Okay, see, now you get down to it. Under the surface, we've talked about the how of perseverance being seriously focused on our decisions and discipline. The other part of its application has everything to do with God's influence and guidance in our lives. We can be disciplined, but we will not spiritually overcome without the power of God through Christ leading us. Okay, let me repeat that. We can be disciplined, but we will not spiritually overcome without the power of God through Christ leading us. Make no mistake. It's not about how strong my own personal discipline is. It's about how much I am relying upon the power and strength of God, his grace, and his spirit. We have to see it that way. Let's go back to Jonathan. We were uh, talking to him about, you know, okay, you're going through this, and, you know, you've got some discipline down and all that. Well, how, how would you encourage someone else to cope with this kind of hardship and this, this kind of schedule? What would you say to, to another kid or to somebody else who's going through something similar? How would you encourage somebody to be able to cope with that schedule that seems like it's never ending? I don't know. I think... Um... I think a lot of kids would get frustrated with that. Why is it me and not somebody else? Why do I have to be the guy that that is stuck here doing this? You know, what do you say to that person who's like, I don't I don't want to do this. I want to do my own thing. I just this is ridiculous that this is what I have to go through. I think that was me actually towards the beginning <laughs> just a little bit. You got to accept where you are right now. You can't really just wish that you were somewhere else had a different situation and just snap your fingers and make that happen. You are where you are now and it's your choice to be able to work at it and try to fix it or if you want to just give up and go and let it get worse. Don't give up. God knows exactly what you're going through, and you're not alone. You got this. Just keep working hard and have faith. I I think that's super profound, coming from a 14-year-old facing major spine surgery this year. 
you know, and he, he talked about accepting the reality of your, your present. So what he did is he talked about the intellectual acceptance of the why and then the emotional embracing of it to be able to cope with it. And that gave him the how, and that's his advice to others. It really is important to realize. And you know what? We could all say those words. Well, you know, don't give up. Look at what it looks like to not give up. Feel what it feels like to not give up. And then learn that lesson and work at applying it to yourself. So let's get back to James chapter 1, and let's pick up where we left off. Remember we did James chapter 1, we did verses 2 to 4. Let's go to verse 5 because it's adding a dimension that needs a lot of attention. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, which means without chiding or defaming, and it will be given to him. Okay, so you got to ask yourself the question, why is wisdom the thing to be asked for right after James said to let perseverance have its perfect work? It's like, okay, let perseverance work and everything's great. And then he brings up this wisdom thing. Why? Because wisdom is the tool that we may be lacking if we struggle with perseverance. If we're not able to apply ourselves, we may be lacking that godly wisdom. Wisdom makes our burdens bearable because it defines them from a godly perspective, and that changes everything. And we don't always know what to ask for or how to ask, but often God gives us answers even before we ask. This happened recently to me when reading an article. I received a confirmation from the Lord that I was handling a difficult situation correctly. This gave me peace, and I thank the Lord, saying, thank you for showing me I'm on the right track. So let me get this straight. You were working on, working through a difficult experience. Yes. Which means you had to persevere. Absolutely. And then a little bit of extra godly wisdom came in to encourage the perseverance even further. Absolutely. Gave me more strength to move forward. Yeah. And that's the point of living a Christian life. Let's go to James 1, 6. But he must ask in faith without doubting or hesitation. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Okay, not only should we ask, Jonathan, like you said before, but it's asking in faith without hesitation, without doubt. Here we go back to lessons of unflinching trust. Our faith has to provide the foundational strength to live in trust, that God will provide whatever we might need. Now look, we're not like Solomon in that we can just ask for wisdom and, you know, get a special delivery from, you know, FedEx the next day. Oh, look, it's a package <laughs> of wisdom just for me, overnight delivery. No, that's not what happens in our lives. We have to ask in faith, and that means we have to live in faith. In a famous study from the 1970s at Stanford University, they did this famous marshmallow study. And it's where three to five-year-old kids were left alone with a marshmallow for 15 minutes. They were promised a second marshmallow if they didn't eat the first. And kids who were able to delay gratification were found to be more successful later in life. And they thought, well, this demonstrates the importance of willpower. But when these studies were repeated in 2018, they found it was actually the child's socioeconomic background that shaped their long-term success. Poorer kids are less motivated to wait for that second marshmallow because they've learned that while there may be food available today, there might not be enough tomorrow. They know there is a risk with waiting. And kids from financially stable homes with better educated parents have food certainty. They trust things will work out. I see comparisons with the Christian life. 
we are asked to sacrifice in the name of Christ, to not eat the marshmallow of all the world has to offer in this age, with the promise that our reward in the future will be much greater. Without absolute faith in that promise and maintaining our purpose, we won't have a strong enough vision for perseverance. It's all about marshmallows. Julie just said it right there. Don't eat the marshmallow. Don't Not eat yet. the marshmallow. And and it, it's about and Jonathan, your your example from before is a perfect example of that. It's about, it's about being fed. You were looking for spiritual guidance by reading the article you were reading, and you got it. You go to the source, and we can be blessed, and that gives us the strength to persevere and to wait when we need to wait, and to act when we need to act, and to keep things in perspective. Okay, uh, we're we're almost through with the story of Jonathan. One, uh, two, two more sound bites. First, we, we asked him, you know, because he's an avid CQ listener, we had to ask him, okay, what's your favorite, what was your favorite episode? You've been a listener, I know, of Christian Questions since you were a young boy. Do you have a certain episode or a certain lesson or something that sticks in your mind of something that you remember, that you recall, of a favorite episode or some topic that really interests you? There was one where I still remember you were playing like music and there was a, like, it was like a hero, heroism kind of thing. I remember I really enjoyed that one and I want to go and find it to listen to it again. I think that might have been the episode years ago, something about uh, God's superhero Avengers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah something <laughs> like that, yeah. That's yeah. episode 712, our Christian God superhero Avengers. Uh, no, I didn't have that memorized, but I looked it up when Jonathan was talking. It was a podcast from back in 2012 when the Avengers movie came out. And what better podcast for a 14-year-old? Well, you think about it. You know, if it was back in 2012, that's eight years ago. He's 14 now. How old was he then? Six. <laughs> yeah, and he still remembers it. But, Rick, did you want to uh, finish up with James 1-7? Yes, we did. And, and Jonathan was, like, making all kinds of signals. Rick, what are you doing? You just skipped the last part of the scripture. <laughs> Sorry. J James 1-7, go ahead. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Okay, focus. That's the thing about perseverance. It works when we focus. Not seeking with unflinching trust only brings instability. Ask in faith, stand in faith, seek in faith, and receive the wisdom to transform burdens to blessings by continually persevering through them. That's the key here, is to learn to persevere through the experience. That means there's forward motion all the way as we go. Okay, wisdom. This is what James is talking about here. Wisdom helps us see our burdens for what they are, an opportunity to flourish in the fact that God is faithful. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 to 15. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. You judge what I say. So, so there, there's two really strong aspects here. The God is faithful, and then this thing about temptation. So, Jonathan, what about the God is faithful part? Well, one of my favorite hymns that I often sing is, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It is comforting to know our Heavenly Father will follow through on everything He has planned. 
The first line says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Okay, very powerful. God is faithful. So, Julie, what about the temptation part of this verse? Yeah, well, the scripture he read says you won't be tempted beyond what you're able. And that Greek word for temptation here includes the thoughts of not only temptations, but trials and adversity. And I found biblical commentary from someone named Jay Adams. And he said, viewed from one perspective, a problem is a test, which if solved biblically, strengthens and helps one grow in grace. Looked at from a different perspective, the same problem may be used by Satan as a temptation for sin. That's end quote. So this scripture here tells us that at that crossroads time where we will grow from the experience or we'll give into it, God promises a way of escape, a path to follow. See, that's the key. There's a path to follow, which means forward progress. Enduring here means to bear up under the weight upon your shoulders. That's from the Greek English lexicon. It's moving forward. We have a path. But we have to be actively looking for that path. That's the issue. This way of escape is rarely going to be something like our disease suddenly disappears or that Jonathan's spine suddenly is straight as an arrow. It's this help that God sends. And we ourselves, think about this, might be someone else's way of escape. God might send us as we help others. So the way of escape can take all kinds of forms. Godly perseverance is walking God's way of escape, whatever that might be, while carrying the necessary burden for the necessary time. All of this so that we can grow in Christ. That's really what it boils down to, is perseverance is about growing in Christ. Let's finish up with Jonathan's story. So it sounds like you're saying, I just look at each day, and it's like, today is the day that I have to do this. Is that kind of the way you're handling this? Yeah, that's pretty much. I just say, you know, I yeah, right now I have these to do, and I have to do them. And the rest of the day, whatever time I've left, that's time for me. But if I don't have any time left, then that's okay, too, because maybe tomorrow I'll have some time left. God has helped you with today, and you've said that not in so many words. God has been with you today, and when tomorrow's sun rises, God will be with you in that today. And when that tomorrow's sun rises, God will be with you in that today. And as long as you take care of today, it's all in God's hands. Exactly. Jonathan, you're awesome. He is awesome. He just is awesome. Just a a wonderful, wonderful experience a wonderful picture of what our Christian perseverance needs to look like in a 14-year-old's battle with scoliosis, staying with it day by day. And really, folks, understand the wisdom of today. The wisdom, you know, Jonathan talked about the wisdom of today. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about the wisdom of today. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you ever wonder why Jesus says tomorrow will take care for itself? Because he's got tomorrow, your tomorrow, already in his hand. You don't have to worry about it, because once you get there, then you receive the strength that he's got reserved for you. 
That's the way perseverance works. If we can focus on today and walk through and make that little bit of progress, like Jonathan does every day for two hours with those exercises, seven days a week, if we can do that in our lives, God will give us the strength for tomorrow's challenge and difficulty. We just need to apply ourselves in perseverance. Perseverance applied, Jonathan, let's wrap this up. Perseverance applied to our trials and afflictions with godly wisdom as its driver will inevitably walk us through those experiences and result in Christian maturity. Isn't that what we want? Christian maturity. Isn't that what our lives is all about? Christian maturity. Isn't that what Jesus taught us to look for? Christian maturity. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul encouraged us towards? Christian maturity doesn't happen without persevering. We just began with this subject today. In next week, in part two of this series, we're going to hear the stories of Lorraine and Fred. Perseverance under persecution and perseverance as an expression of loyalty. We're going to see what their game faces as a soldier and farmer are, and perseverance, we're going to look at it as a way of a Christian life. Folks, this is a big, important, godly necessity for every one of us. We must embrace the idea of perseverance because our life depends upon it. Be a persevering soldier in Christ. Think about it. Folks, listen, we really do want to hear from you. Give us your feedback or send us your questions on this episode and other episodes at ChristianQuestions.com. Also, a big part of spreading the word about our program is subscribing to Christian Questions in iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast channel is, please rate us and review us. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now, as we mentioned, coming up next week, Perseverance Part 2. How can I persevere when life gets tough? Talk to you then.